Chapter Three, Part Two of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Ah, said Alexander, in spite of your prophecies, I will be happy. I will love once and forever. Oh, no i foresee you will break a good many more of my properties before you've done but that does not signify love is love no one hinders you we don't generally take love in a boy of your age very seriously only don't let it go so far as to make you neglect business love is love and business is business well i am making an abstract from the german there there you are not doing anything of the sort you are giving yourself up to soft emotions and the editor will get rid of you let him i don't depend on him can i be thinking now of contemptible money now when contemptible money indeed you had better build yourself a hut upon the mountains live on bread and water and sing a cottage poor with thee is paradise to me only when you've no more contemptible money don't come to me i won't give you i don't think i have often troubled you so far i'm thankful to say you haven't only it may come to that if you neglect work love too costs money you want to be extra smart and lots of different expenses oh love at twenty come that's contemptible contemptible if you like there's no sense in it what love has sense in it uncle love at forty i don't know what love is like at forty but love at thirty-seven like yours yes if you like like mine that is no love at all oh how do you know do you mean to say you can love why not am i not a man or am i seventy only if i love i love reasonably i reflect on myself i don't smash or upset things reasonable love a fine kind of love that reflects on itself remarked alexander scoffingly that never forgets itself for an instant when it is savage instinctive put in pyotr ivanitch it does not reflect but reasonable feeling must reflect if it does not it is not love well, what is it then oh vileness as you would call it you love said alexander looking incredulously at his uncle ha ha pyotr ivanitch went on writing in silence who is it uncle asked alexander do you want to know yes the lady i'm about to marry you to marry alexander could scarcely utter the words he leaped up from his place and went up to his uncle no closer no closer alexander shut off the steam said pyotr ivanitch seeing his nephew's round eyes of astonishment and quickly collecting round him the various small objects on the table busts figures clocks and inkstands and you are so calm you write letters to moscow and talk of outside matters go to your factory and still talk with such hellish coldness about love hellish coldness that's something new they say it's hot in hell but why are you looking at me so strangely you get married what is there astonishing in that asked pyotr ivanitch laying down his pen what indeed you get married and never a word to me why i have just told you you mentioned it because it happened to be apropos of something i try as far as i can to do everything apropos no you should have communicated your happiness to me first you know how i love you and how i should participate i dislike participation in everything and especially in marriage 
do you know uncle said alexander with animation it may be no i cannot conceal it from you i am not like that i must tell all oh alexander i've no time to spare if there's another rigmarole won't it do to-morrow i want only to tell you that perhaps i too am soon to be as happy what asked pyotr ivanitch pricking up his ears a little that's something curious ah curious then i will torment you i won't tell you pyotr ivanitch took up an envelope with an air of indifference put his letter in it and began to seal it up and i too am going to be married perhaps said alexander in his uncle's ear pyotr ivanitch did not finish sealing the letter up but looked at him very seriously shut off your steam alexander he said you may joke uncle you may joke i am speaking in earnest i shall ask mamma's consent you get married and why not at your age i am twenty-three oh it's high time indeed why at your age no one marries except peasants who want someone to do the work in their house but if i am in love with a girl and there is a possibility of marrying her then according to you ought i not i don't advise you at any time to marry a woman with whom you are in love what uncle that's a new idea i never heard of it before i should fancy there are things you haven't heard of i always thought that there ought not to be marriage without love marriage is one thing love is another said pyotr ivanitch what are you marrying for then for your advantage to my advantage certainly though not for my advantage even you will think of advantages when you marry you will look out will choose among women look out choose cried alexander wonderingly yes choose for this reason i don't advise you to marry when you are in love love you know is fleeting that is the truth that has become a commonplace it is the grossest lie and calumny well there is no convincing you now you will see for yourself in time but now only mark my words love is fleeting i repeat and then the woman who has perhaps seemed to you the ideal of perfection shows herself to be very imperfect and there's no help for it then love screens the absence of qualities needed in a wife but in choosing you consider in cool blood whether such or such a woman has the qualities which you would like to see in your wife you get the greatest advantage and if you find such a woman she is certain to continue to please you because she answers to what you wanted and so closer ties spring up between her and you which afterwards go to make you love one another said alexander yes and suit one another marrying for money that is low but to marry without any advantage that is stupid but it is not suitable for you to marry at all now when should i marry when i am growing old why should i follow such foolish precedents you reckon my marriage one thanks i did not mean any reflection on you uncle i mean it generally you hear of a wedding you go to see it and what do you see a lovely tender creature who has only been awaiting the magic touch of love to break into a splendid flower and suddenly they tear her away from her dolls her nurse her childish games and dances and it's well if it's only from all that but often they don't look into her heart which very likely is no longer her own they dress her up in gauze and blonde they deck her in flowers and in spite of her tears her paleness they drag her like a victim to the altar and set her beside whom beside an elderly man generally unattractive who has already squandered the strength of his youth 
either casts on her the glances of a passion which is an outrage or coldly scans her from head to foot and thinks to himself apparently you're pretty yes on my word with your head full of nonsense love and roses i will soon put an end to such folly it's all silliness with you you must give up sighing and dreaming and conduct yourself more properly or worse still he is reflecting on her fortune at the very youngest he is thirty years old he often has a bald head though i dare say he has a decoration or star on his breast and this is the man they tell her to whom are consecrated all the treasures of your youth for him the first throbbing of your heart the first avowal his are your looks and words and maiden caresses his is your whole life and all round are standing in the crowd those who are her equals in youth and beauty who ought to have been in the bridegroom's place they gaze eagerly at the poor victim and seem to be saying ah when we have exhausted our freshness and health when we are bold we too will get married and then we too shall carry off such a splendid rose it's awful high-flown not good alexander said pyotr ivanitch have you been writing now for two years on manures and potato starch and other serious subjects and you still talk in this high-flown way for goodness sake don't give way to ecstasy but uncle is not the poet's thought conceived in ecstasy i don't know how it's conceived but i know that it comes forth finished from the brain that is when it has been worked up by meditation it is only then that it is good well but in your opinion began pyotr ivanitch after a pause to whom would you give these lovely creatures to those whom they love who have not yet lost the bloom of youth and beauty whom one can see to be still full of life in whose eyes the fire has not yet died away who would have brought her the gift of a heart full of love for her able to understand and to share her emotions when nature claims oh i dare say you mean to such fine fellows as you if we were living in meads and forests thick and such a fellow as you had a wife much he would get by it for the first year he would be out of his senses and then he would either take to hanging about behind the scenes of the theatre or would give his wife a rival in her lady's maid because nature's claims of which you talk demand change novelty a pretty state of things and then his wife too noticing her husband's pranks would suddenly take a fancy to spurs parades and masquerades and would pay him out in his own coin and without money it is worse still he comes begging i have nothing to eat pyotr ivanitch made a pitiful face i am a married man he says continued he i have already three children help me i cannot keep them i am a poor man a poor man what degradation no i hope you will not fall into either of these categories i shall fall into the category of happy husbands uncle and nadinka of happy wives i don't want to be married as the majority of people marry they all have the same tale my youth is over i am tired of solitude so i must marry i am not like that you are talking nonsense my dear boy how do you know because you are just like other people and i have known other people a long while come tell me why will you get married why nadinka my wife ejaculated alexander covering his face with his hands well you see you don't know yourself oh the spirit swoons at the very thought you don't know how i love her uncle i love her as no one ever loved before with all the strength of my soul all is hers 
really alexander i would rather have you ranting at me or even if it must be embracing me than repeating that very ridiculous phrase how it rolls off your tongue has no one ever loved before piotr ivanitch shrugged his shoulders why do you mean that this cannot be indeed when i reflect on your love i really think it is possible impossible for any love to be more foolish but she says that we must wait a year that we are young and ought to test ourselves for a whole year and then a year ah you should have told me that before interposed piotr ivanitch did she make that condition what a sensible girl she is how old is she eighteen and you are twenty-three well my friend she has twenty-three times as much sense as you i see she understands the whole business she will amuse herself with you flirt a little and have a good time and then these little hussies have an intuition in such things well so you won't be married then i thought you wanted to fix it up directly and secretly at your age such follies are so quickly done that one hasn't time to interfere but in a year's a different thing by that time she will jilt you she jilt flirt little hussy indeed she nadinka for shame uncle whom have you lived with all your life whom have you had to do with whom have you loved that you have such black suspicions i have lived with men i have loved a woman she deceived me that angel that very embodiment of sincerity a woman whom it seems as if god had for the first time created in all the purity and brightness still she is a woman and is certain to deceive you will you tell me next that i shall jilt her in time yes you will too i of people you don't know you can conclude what you like but me isn't it a sin in you to suspect me of such vileness what do you imagine me to be a man all are not alike you must know that i not in jest but in all sincerity have given her a promise to love her all my life i am ready to confirm it upon oath i know i know no decent man doubts the sincerity of the vows he makes to a woman but afterwards he changes and grows cooler and does not himself know how it does not happen intentionally and there is no vileness in it no one is to blame nature does not allow of eternal love and those who believe in eternal and unchanging love do just the same as those who don't believe in it only they don't notice it and are unwilling to recognize it we are above all that they say we are not men but angels all folly but how is it there are lovers married people who love one another for ever and live all their lives together for ever if a man's love lasts a fortnight he is called fickle but if for two or three years at once you say it is forever only consider what love is made up of and then you will see for yourself that it is not forever the ardour the fire and fever heat of that emotion prevent its being continuous lovers married people live together all their lives no doubt but do they love each other all their lives are they always in the bondage of their first love are they seeking one another every minute constantly gazing at each other and can they never see enough of one another in the end what becomes of the little observances the constant attention the thirst to be together the tears the transport all the passionate glances the coldness and awkwardness of husbands has passed into a proverb their love has turned into friendship every one says very seriously well then it's no longer love friendship 
and what is this friendship a husband and wife are bound together by general interests circumstances then common fortunes and so they live together if it is not so then they separate make new ties some more quickly than others then we talk of fickleness but if they go on living together they come to live by habit which let me whisper in your ear is stronger than any kind of love it is well called second nature except for it men would continue all their lives to suffer from separation from or the death of the beloved object but you see they are consoled in time still the everlasting repetition for ever for ever they shout it without thinking how is it uncle that you are not afraid on your own account it follows that your wife too forgive me will deceive you i don't think so what vanity it isn't vanity but prudence prudence again well foresight if you like but if she falls in love with someone else one must not let it come to that but even if she were so misguided with a little skill one might cool down her feelings is it possible is it in your power oh very much so all deceived husbands would have done so said alexander if there were any means not all husbands are alike my dear boy some are very indifferent to their wives they don't pay attention to what is going on around them and they don't care to notice it others would be ready to from vanity but are poor creatures they don't know how to set to work how will you set to work that's my secret one could not instill it into you you are in delirium pyotr ivanitch was silent and went on writing but what a life began alexander not to forget yourself but always to be thinking thinking no i feel this is not so i want to live without your cold analysis not thinking whether trouble and danger are awaiting me hereafter or not it's all the same why should i think of it beforehand and poison why i have often told you why but he always comes back to his same point because when you foresee danger obstacles trouble then you can more easily oppose them or endure them you will not go out of your mind you won't die and when pleasure comes you won't be dancing about and smashing busts is it clear one tells him here this is the beginning look at it and judge by it of the end but he covers his eyes and turns away his head just as though it were some bogey and goes on living like a child you would say live day by day as men live sitting at their cottage doors reckoning your life by dinners dances love and unchanging friendship always wanting the golden age i have told you already that with your ideas it's well to stay in the country with your good lady and half a dozen children but here one must work at a business this means that you must incessantly be thinking and remembering what you did yesterday what you are doing to-day so as to know what you must do to-morrow that is to say you must live with never flagging control of yourself and your occupations it is only in this way we can attain to anything practical and so but what's the good of arguing with you you are delirious for the present ah it's just on the hour not a word more alexander go away i will not listen dine with me to-morrow there will be some few people friends of yours yes konev smirnov fedorov you know them and some few besides konev smirnov fedorov but these are the very people you have to do with in business why yes these are all indispensable people so these are your friends certainly i have never observed that you received any one with special warmth i have told you before that i consider as friends those whom i associate with oftenest 
from whom i gain either profit or pleasure i dare say would you have me feed them for nothing but i thought before your marriage you would take leave of your true friends whom you love from your heart with whom you would talk for the last time of your gay youth over the wine-cup and whom perhaps you would press warmly to your heart on your separation there five of your words contain nothing that exists or at least ought to exist in life with what transports your aunt would have thrown herself on your neck of course there are true friends wherever there is simply friendship and a wine-cup whenever one is drinking out of bottles and glasses and embraces on separation when there is no separation at all oh alexander don't you feel regret at being separated or at least seeing less of these friends said alexander no i never was so intimate with any one as to regret them and i advise you to follow my example so you will be here to-morrow to-morrow uncle i-what i am invited to a country house the lubetskys i suppose yes ah well as you like don't forget your work alexander i shall tell the editor how you are spending your time well, uncle how can you i will finish my abstract from the german economists without fail first you had better read them see remember don't come to me for contemptible money as soon as you have quite given yourself up to soft emotions End of chapter 3 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine